How do we know when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Why don't we invite him in now to this prayer and reflection on our second day of our Novena Pentecost? We pray, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, rekindle in them the fire of your love. Lord, you send forth your spirit and things are created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Today, I want to reflect a little bit on this. How do we know when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us in a world where we have so many voices, so many things that come into our hearts and our minds from within and from without? And so I begin with a couple premises that are important for us to be able to explore this thing more. The first one is, if I truly believe that I am made in the image and likeness of God, if I'm made and created out of his love, if I've been baptized and have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity within me, then surely God is constantly communicating himself to me. He's constantly speaking to me through the outside world, through his creation, his beauty, his goodness, and through my own experiences, people that speak to me, my own thoughts, my reflections. He's constantly speaking to me. He's constantly reaching out. He is speaking now into our hearts and minds. And my life is a response and a giving back to that and a communicating back. My second premise to begin with is a beautiful line of St. Irenaeus. God's glory is man fully alive. Fully alive. And I want to translate that or transpose that, um, that phrase to God's glory is me fully alive. God has given glory when inside of me I am full of life. I am full of joy. I am full of goodness. That's what he created me for. And my third premise is that God's way of communicating to us, of filling us with that life and the goodness of his own being, is unique. It's unique to me. It's unique to you. God's glory is you fully alive, which will look a little bit different from me being fully alive. In my own journey of the Holy Spirit and who he is in my own life, I was 17 when I first experienced a, a confession where I hadn't been in confession for quite a while, and it was almost as if I came out of it and there was color in my life. There was light. That for me was the Holy Spirit because I'd been in darkness, the darkness of sin, and it was a physical, tangible reality. I remember as well another time of confession about six months later, which was probably the very definitive time that I cut off from all mortal sin and brokenness in my own life in that way, a habitual, sinful patterns in my life. And from that moment when the Holy Spirit filled me with so much peace and joy, he also gave me this conviction, I cannot turn back to that life. I have to live for Jesus. I have to live for God. And the things of God became suddenly more appealing. Mass, I wanted to go to Mass. I wanted to find God. I wanted to seek him because he was seeking me in my life. I was... Um, drawn deeper into prayer into the bible through the charismatic renewal so the holy spirit definitely had his way there in my own life and my own experience 
And one of the other ways he speaks to me, I think, for, in a very real way, is he sets my heart on fire. I have a passionate character, but he uses that. And he puts into my heart a desire for that thing that attracts me, the attraction to God. Uh, that happened when I was 17, not long after um, that last confession I mentioned, when I heard about Rick Christie for the first time in my home country of New Zealand. And it, it was a very <laughs> um, simple way of explaining Rick and Christie, but in that moment, the Holy Spirit caught fire in my soul. He enkindled the heart <laughs> of his faithful one. And I knew that's what I needed to do. I never met any Rick and Christie members. I never met um, any consecrated woman of Rick and Christie. And yet there was something me, I have to get on a plane, go to the United States and be a missionary with this movement. And the rest is history. Another way he speaks to me is um, often through creative ideas. <laughs> I'll be praying and I'll be thinking and just bringing my apostolate to the Lord and his mission for me. And all of a sudden these different ideas will come. Obviously they have to be discerned, but many times I am like, that's actually wasn't from me. And it's something I can apply in my apostolate. So his way is unique. These are some of the ways he speaks into my life and has spoken in my life from the moment of, well, my confirmation, which was also a real watershed moment for me. But his way of speaking to you will be unique. Some people, it's like St. Paul, right? When he says, I'm impelled, I'm compelled by the Holy Spirit to go a certain way. In the Acts of the Apostles, we read many times the Holy Spirit guiding the actions of the apostles. Don't go there, go that way closing doors even, physical doors, and recognizing that's the Holy Spirit, saying no to that place. I don't know, it was Minor Asia a couple days ago in the readings, and leading to another place or another person. For some people, it's just this peace, this gentleness, this stillness. And other people, it's um, an idea that just insistently keeps coming back. I have to say this, I have to say this, I have to say this. And the beautiful thing with the Holy Spirit speaking is that the more we listen and respond, the easier it is. We get to know the voice of the Spirit, of the Good Spirit in our lives. So today, this question, how do I know when it's the Holy Spirit speaking? With these premises we've just seen, I want to propose that we know it is Him by the fruits. And in a very specific way, a fruit that continues is this fruit of peace. The Holy Spirit, his voice is always accompanied by a peace and a peace that lasts. So where do we see this in scripture? Where do we get clues in scripture? I mean, obviously we, we hear about him so many times. He's the spirit that hovers on the waters in Genesis. He's the burning fire, right, of Moses in his journey. It's Elijah on top of the mountain that doesn't hear the Lord's voice in the earthquake or the thunder, but in the gentle, quiet breeze. He's that silent infilling of himself in Our Lady as she surrenders and gives her fear to God and says, yes, here I am, your handmaid. And the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and Jesus came to life. So we see the Holy Spirit in many ways, 
But there's uh, beautiful passages, even in the Old Testament, that prove to us the Holy Spirit is real and God wants us to live in a state of peace. We read from Isaiah 54, 10. Though the mountains fall away and the hills be shaken, my love shall never fall away from you, nor my covenant of peace. Covenant of peace. He gives us a covenant of peace. It is from him. It's a gift. He wants us to live in peace. In Isaiah 32, it speaks about the wilderness becoming a garden land. Many times we see the streams of water that flood into the desert. And he says here, Then judgment will dwell in the wilderness, and justice abide in the garden land. The work of justice will be peace. The effect of justice, calm, and security forever. My people will live in peaceful country, in secure dwellings, and quiet resting places. Jesus himself, how many times does he offer us this gift of peace? Peace be with you. John 14, in the Last Supper, he says, The Holy Spirit will teach and remind you of all that I've said. Of the, whole, the Holy Scripture, of the past um, that God was promising to us of this covenant of peace. The Holy Spirit will come and he'll remind you that peace is my gift I want for you. I dwell in peace. He then says literally the next line in that the Holy Spirit will come and remind you what I have told you. Peace be with you. And then do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. John 16, I told you this so that you might have peace. And then passage actually from our Pentecost Gospel on Pentecost Sunday that we will pray and reflect with along with the whole church around the world. John 20, 19 to 23 in a resurrection scene where Jesus comes where the doors are locked and the, the disciples in fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. He comes into their fear, which is not the gift from him, and he offers them peace. Peace be with you. And then he shows them his side, his hands, and the scripture so beautifully says, the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. With this gift of peace comes a joy, comes other fruits of the Spirit, to know it's not a human fleeting peace, not a sense of complacency, not a sense of, okay, got my life and finally got my life in order and control, this COVID reality and getting my systems, I have peace. It's not something that just comes from outside. It's this lasting peace. And it's a peace we know is from the Spirit when there are accompanying fruits of His Spirit. As we read here, you know, the different fruits, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, patience, love, faithfulness, is this peace that accompanies me right now accompanied by these same gifts? How do I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me? He's constantly speaking. He wants me to be fully alive. He's spoken through the scriptures. He's given us and offered us this covenant of peace. 
But I guess when it comes down to it, <laughs> we are confused. <laughs> we have a flood of thoughts and emotions and feelings that come into us that aren't always quite in accord with what <laughs> we would like them to be. It's not that we live in a constant state of this peace that we so desire and is offered to us. So really what this discernment entails is seeing, is this that I feel maybe called to? Is this that I would like to do? Is this voice in my heart and my mind? Is this decision I'm making? To discern it and say, is this the good spirit, the Holy Spirit, or is it the evil spirit? Because just as we know God is constantly reaching out to us for us to enter back into that mystery of heaven, his goodness and love, we do have an enemy of the soul that is constantly dividing and troubling the waters of our soul, creating discord and doubt, confusion and lifelessness in our own life. So I turn now to St. Ignatius of Loyola with his discernment of spirits to answer, how do I know this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me in my life? Now, I want to distinguish, and he distinguishes in his first rule and his second rule of discernment of spirits, that when we are first um, going on that life of journey towards God and prayer and making greater decisions to live in his grace, if we're still constantly falling back into some of the the deepest sinful tendencies, and we're just on that beginning of that journey, the Holy Spirit often speaks through, as he says in his own words in rule one of his rules of discernment. The good spirit uses the opposite method of the devil, which attracts us to pleasure and delights. He uses the opposite method, pricking us and biting our conscience through the process of reason. That restlessness of, I need a change, I need to do something else, and it's this constant, sort of strong command. That's when we need to turn from sin and walk towards God and his light. But for those of us that are now on the journey of a life of grace, a habitual life of sacraments and goodness and living in the truth of who we are through the sacrament of confession and the beautiful Eucharist and other sacraments of initiation that we've entered into, the Holy Spirit speaks much more differently. It's actually the evil spirit that agitates that disquiets, that saddens, that bites. Instead, as St. Ignatius says in Rule 2, it is proper to the good spirit to give courage and strength, consolations, tears, inspirations, and peace, easing and putting away all obstacles that one may go on in well-being. So it's a gentle spirit. It's a good spirit. As Father Jacques Philippe says in his beautiful book, actually, on the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that there's not spiritual combat. It doesn't mean that there are not challenges. He says spiritual combat actually consists in defending one's peace of heart against the enemy who attempts to steal us from us. So it can be a challenge <laughs> to maintain a state of peace. And sometimes I know in my own life, I can feel the spirit and the emotion leading me to do something and my reaction is, whew, that's challenging. <laughs> but when I sit with it, there's a lasting spiritual peace beneath the human, whew, that's going to be hard. A lasting peace 
a peace that ultimately brings me joy in giving of myself and leads me to greater love and surrender and self-giving to others and to God. There is a little bit of a myth in our spiritual authors sometimes and um, within the Catholic Church that the Holy Spirit always asks us to do the most difficult thing. How do I know it's the Holy Spirit? It's the hardest thing. So if I look at option A, B, and C, the hardest one is going to be him. But no, not necessarily. If we believe he is the one that wants us to have life, it should probably be what's most life-giving, not just for us, but for others and for God and his kingdom. So even if it's challenging, deep down, there should be a peace. And the more you recognize and act on that, the easier it is to recognize the voice of the Spirit in your life. If we turn back to that passage that we will read on Pentecost Sunday, the disciples are in fear. They're in fear. Their minds, their hearts, their, everything is being clouded. Jesus enters in, the good spirit enters in, breaks in and says, peace be with you. And the fruit of the spirit, joy, wells up within them. So I invite us now in this time of prayer, reflection as we continue our journey towards the full outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday. What is the Holy Spirit trying to tell to me, tell me today? Right now, he's speaking. He has something very beautiful and life-giving to tell you. Let him enter into the upper room, the fears, the doubts, the confusions, possibly just in general in your life, maybe about a decision you're making. Invite him in. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring your peace into this situation. I want to hear your voice. And if you're communicating to me, you want me to hear your voice. Help me to hear you. Help me to respond. Help me to know that it's your love and your goodness. So that like the disciples, I may be able to recognize, is this fear from the Lord? Is this agitation from the Lord? Are these doubts, this restlessness, this lifelessness? Or is what I'm discerning, what you're trying to say to me, does it ultimately bring me the other fruits that you give? Goodness, kindness, faithfulness, patience, love. Ultimately, does this bring me peace? Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful. Bring us to the peace and the joy that you are calling us to, so that God's glory may be me fully alive.